0: Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all, today's interview is with Rachel Kincaid. Rachel is a communicator of grace, freedom, and hard work. Her words point people to Jesus and encourage them to be more tenacious about the lives Jesus died to give them. She's also one of my most favorite people on Instagram. We have the best conversation about the aggressive pursuit of gratitude, the impact that opening your home to others can have, and we talk a pretty good about about the Enneagram. I know you're shocked. It's a really, really good, challenging conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Rachel, hey, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me uh so I'm mostly at this point just trying not to fangirl because I've been following you and have loved your message really for I think as long as I've been on Instagram uh you are in that space as such a challenging source of like wisdom and honesty and a lot of things that I honestly kind of like tend to aspire to so I said I wasn't gonna fangirl and then I like did it but
1: um, just you are so fine first of all whenever you're friends with somebody on the internet even just by following them it's never creepy like yeah. it's not lurking it's not stalking the internet <laughs> is a place for people to connect so even if you know all my kids names or any of that stuff that people you know people are like is it okay if I know blah 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 I love it. I love the community on Instagram. I think it's amazing. Well, and you're, you know, you're
0: making the active decision to share your life. So like you have to assume people are consuming that, that content. Right, right. Absolutely. um, So just because I feel like I know you doesn't mean that the people that are listening do. So I'd love to start for you to just kind of share a little bit about yourself and your family and your story.
1: Sure. Sure. So, I have been married for 10 years. My husband and I have been together for almost 15 years. He was kind of my first adult boyfriend. I met him when I was in college. So, Mm -hmm. we were actually 10 years apart, and that in and of itself is a crazy, interesting story. And he had two boys when we met and got married. So, those boys are now almost 19 and 16. And then, in our first like three ish years of marriage, we squeezed in uh, four children. So we had a little boy and then twin girls and then another little girl. So we have three and three, uh, ranging all the way from 19 down to five-ish. And we live in Fort Mill, South Carolina. So it's right on the state line of North and South Carolina. We were born and raised in Charlotte. We do a lot of our work and play and all that in the Charlotte area. And we have a little farmhouse that we bought out of a foreclosure. And my husband's very handy, but we're just in a really busy, full season of life, so we're not remodeling it. We're just living in it and painted everything white. (laughs) Which (laughs) does wonders. Enough, it does wonders. (laughs) We bought the IKEA couch that you can wash, so it feels dreamy up in here. But it definitely needs a lot of work. And I'm a hospice nurse, so I take care of folks at the end of life. And it's not as sad as it is uh, rewarding. Mm -hmm. To be in healthcare in general is difficult. But I really like a job where I feel like leaving my family or giving up my free time or whatever you want to call it is worth it. And being in hospice definitely feels worth it. So I do that. And I'm also in school. I'm trying to get my doctorate. Hopefully I'll graduate in 2020. And my specialty will be gerontology. So adults and old folks is my, where my heart is. And yeah. I'll be a nurse practitioner. So that's a little bit about me, a little bit about us. I love that. So
0: my dad's a nurse practitioner. My dad's a neonatal nurse practitioner. That's
1: Um, amazing. So I'll be on the opposite end. You'll be on the opposite
0: end of the spectrum. I love that. That's Um, really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been doing that my whole life and it's, it's incredible. It's, I have such a, I have way more of an appreciation for it. Like having a dad that does that of like, they like nurse practitioners are the ones that like do the work. No offense to doctors at all. Yeah. But like nurse practitioners are like boots on the ground, you know. So Yeah.
1: Um
0: so the title of your episode is for when you need to get after grateful. And the reason for that is you started this hashtag get after grateful about 4 or 5 years ago, which is how I found you on Instagram. Which uh-huh. is like you 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 have used that to remember and express gratitude for the things that are currently blessing you, and um kind of started this movement of I know it's specifically thanksgiving centric but you really use it and do it year round, and now it has thousands of hashtag shares and yeah. Um it's my favorite like it's my favorite way honestly to kind of pull myself out of a ungrateful funk sometimes is just be like That's cool. Get after grateful on on Instagram. Um yeah. so tell us a little bit about like Get After Grateful where it came from how it started all yeah. that.
1: Yeah. I'm happy to. So I'll start by saying what I'm not because my husband is the polar opposite of me he is laid back he is always joyful he sees the glass half full he compares himself to a puppy dog and says if you just feed me a couple times a day and pat my head I'm like the happiest guy on earth He's a worship pastor, and so ministry in and of itself is difficult. We've been serving in and around and through several churches during our marriage, and it's just been really interesting to watch how much he responds to his environment in a, like a healthy, happy, laid-back, grateful way all the time. Mm-hmm. But I am the opposite. So I— kind of feel like a David when you read the Psalms. And it's mm. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. my life is amazing. Why am I still alive? Like, yes. like night from day, that's literally how I feel as far as my flesh goes. And so I allow very small things to get me off kilter. To me, everything, and as I've grown, I'm 33 now, so I've spent almost 10 years in and out of counseling, learning my personality, learning about my family of origin and how that Changes the way I see the world, and I know that I'm a, a very driven person. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't call myself a perfectionist, but I'm an achiever. I'm, I think I'm a three on the Enneagram, so I care very much about the end result making sure that I'm valuable to people. And one of the things I noticed is that if I had a hard day or something went wrong, I felt like the whole day was a wash Mm -hmm. or I felt like my whole role as a mother is now in jeopardy. And so I had one very telling incident where I forgot to thaw bacon out of the freezer for a meal that evening. And this is the big story that I always share when I'm explaining exactly how it feels to be inside of my brain. (laughs) And when I realized that it was not thawed, I threw it tantrum I burst into tears I like, went by myself and locked myself in the bathroom and I had thrown the bacon across the room and my husband was like trying not to go there like are you being crazy or you know use it in sensitive language but he was like help me understand So we had a counseling appointment that afternoon because I was dealing with some postpartum depression. And he was like, obviously something in in this scenario is hormonal, but there's also some other stuff that I want to help understand. Like why would my wife throw bacon across the room and then act like dinner is ruined? And it was like 12 noon. I mean, Mm. whatever it was, it was like not even like a big deal. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting on the couch and my counselor was like basically looking at my husband and he said, watch this. And he was like, what happened when you realized the bacon wasn't thawed? And I said that I knew it wouldn't be ready in time for dinner. He was like, and well, what did that mean? That I would have to change the dinner plan. And he just kept making me say, like, what did that mean? And then what? And then what? And that, within three seconds, I, I said, the dinner that I planned would not be ready for my kids. I would have to change the plans. My kids won't trust me. I can't be a good provider. I'm a terrible mother. Wow. And my husband looked at the counselor and looked at me and he said, you got all of that from bacon? <laughs> <laughs> And we realized that that's just how my brain goes. And that's not necessarily a terrible thing, but it's dangerous if I'm not in a healthy place. So what I did was I created Get After Grateful, which was this active, aggressive, tenacious posture. I use a lot of like like physical language and even war-like fighting type language sometimes when I need to. That just means I am going to, with God's help, allow my heart to get into a... Quickly reset joyful, grateful place, even when it's hard and even when it hurts. And even when something small or something big has happened that has triggered, you know, whatever that that flare up of it's all done. It's all over. Let's just go back to bed. Whenever that comes up in me, I fight to press the reset button. And the other thing I wanted to ask myself over and over again was who is it that I'm thinking? So the reason I chose Thanksgiving Thanksgiving was because Instagram was still newish. I mean, it was a couple of years old. A lot of bloggers had been on it for years. But at this point, this is when everybody has an Instagram account, sort of like a Facebook account. Mm -hmm. And people would develop or create or implement these little like gratitude lists or 31 days of whatever. And I thought those things were cool. But then I'm looking at even some of my fellow sisters in Christ, people that I know, love and follow Jesus. And I'm like, if a a lost person, if a broken person, hurting woman read your feed like would she know who it is you're thinking or would she know what it is that your your life is about and so God began to prick my heart for evangelism specifically online and the way that he has me do it is spicy and different and not necessarily Mm -hmm. like do you know where you're going if you die Mm -hmm. but just this constant light that says like, I know who I am. I know who I belong to. And I know why I get up in the morning. And so when I'm having a hard day, I'm not going to hide that from you mm-hmm. because I don't want to be fake. But when I'm online, I'm going to say, this thing is hard. Also, I'm getting after grateful. Mm-hmm. So That's how it came to be. I love that.
0: So much it's uh, and I didn't know like the origin story of it obviously I didn't know the bacon story and that yeah I can be
1: I can be dark and twisty (laughs) y'all uh and I love that because like
0: I am I'm an eight on the Enneagram so we're kind of the two um aggressors of the Enneagram um and I function in in that moment of where like you went this makes like my kids aren't gonna trust me this makes me a bad mom I go like I can fix this I can charge through I yeah. can dominate this situation yeah and and still end up in the same place of I'm a terrible mom <laughs> like like mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and that's really universal in motherhood and I think in life and I think the reality is is how much gratitude really changes everything and yeah <sighs> I'm learning that much more slowly than I should. Um, but for example, like this week is insane for me. I'm speaking at my first event on Saturday. I have I Congratulations! Know, oh, thank you. But I also like lined up seven podcast interviews, two graphic yeah. design clients, and I have to be yeah. a mom and a wife. And so right. yesterday I realized instead of being so thankful for like the abundance in my life that I get to sit down and have these conversations that this event that i've dreamed about is happening on saturday i was just like i was like i'm tired i think i'm already burnt out i have too much on my plate too many people expecting things of me and then i literally like sat down to review your interview and god was like hey um you want to you want to get
1: after grateful Or you want to keep Mm. being a turd about this. Um, And what's helpful, I think, too, is that threes and eights both, I know we'll probably talk about the Enneagram at some point because everybody's talking about it. But (laughs) for those of us that really like to hustle and like God made us hustlers in a way that like I I stay busy, I keep my plate full, I have a pretty high capacity, and that's fine. But like when we've done that in our own strength, Mm -hmm. then it does equate to burning out and feeling bitter about the things that we've gotten. Where if we allow, god to kind of bring us those things equip us for them and to stay in that humble grateful place then we never feel burnt out because we're just constantly being filled up as we're pouring out exactly. so it's really cool that you were able to kind of like reset that and reframe it before the week is up yes
0: yeah and i was like i'm not going into saturday feeling this way like feeling right. ungrateful feeling burnt out and so i like went like kind of you know let god give me like a heart check and
1: i went to bed early and i woke up this morning and i was like all right like doesn't sleep fix uh, it. I, mean, I mean repenting yes. repenting praying and sleeping yeah. really fixes everything <laughs> It really does because I
0: woke up this morning and I was like okay like Christ in me like my hope of right. glory I can do this this week is gonna be great um so like how do you feel like the per, that pursuit of gratitude gratitude because I love that it is active it is physical like get after grateful not just like yeah be grateful not just like Think grateful things, like get after it. Like how has that pursuit of gratitude kind of permeated your life and the life of your family?
1: Well, I think it's helped us cultivate a lifestyle of worship uh, with my husband being a music pastor. You would think that worship means his job description, but what we've kind of incorporated over the last several years, and we were recently at a church that does this really well, but this idea that all of life is worship mm-hmm. was something that was really spoken over us a lot, and we took that to heart. And so I think gratitude is a form of worship, and showing that to my kids is really powerful. So I kind of go I go both ways when it comes to what my kids see. So I don't want to feel like I'm always on – I have to always be on my best behavior so that my kids aren't scared of me. You know, I have a, a rage or a short temper, short fuse. I don't get sad as quickly as I get angry. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's parts of me that are like, no, my kids need to see my whole self because I don't want to either associate certain emotions to certain genders in my kids or associate certain emotions with sin. With my kids, I want them to see that emotions are natural and it's how I process them or process through them that is the lesson I want them to see. So I would say I want to, I guess, make a caveat and say that. I do feel like I can be vulnerable in front of my kids and let them see me down, let them see me frustrated. And then as a group, we can, we call it pressing the reset button that when they were little, I used to have them push a fake button in my hand or things like oh. that. You know, we're resetting, we're resetting. Yeah. And just that, that corporate, I guess the, the little group of us, whatever kids are at home and whichever parent it is. So there's that, they're seeing me be vulnerable, but also it's cool to have to be, on my quote unquote best behavior in that regard Mm -hmm. that I can't always let myself fly off the handle and be like, well, there's grace Mm. because there is a relationship there with my children that could be fractured because I am human and I am fleshly and all that stuff. So it goes both ways. I'm not trying to say that I fake it around my kids and I never let them see me be real, but real is also saying like, like you said earlier, but like Christ in me can rally from this Mm -hmm. terrible mood right now. Christ in me can actually get down on my knees, look at my kids and say, I'm really frustrated with the way that you're talking to me, but also I lost my temper and I'm sorry. Can we move on from this and immediately address it? Mm -hmm. It goes, I think it really goes both ways. So I would say that style of gratitude while being real and then speaking truth to it and moving forward in victory is what has changed my family dynamic because there's a lot of people out there that want to see vulnerability and authenticity with the online world is that really your real life or even within the church like does your marriage even ever struggle and the lost want to see jesus followers have a real life too all that is is very true but i'm worried that sometimes in some scenarios we forget to speak truth to it and it mm-hmm. just becomes navel gazing or all of us kind of holding up our junk and saying like see like your junk is safe here like well right, mm-hmm. but also jesus died for that so can we please drop it Or come up with a plan and move along. Even if it's just for today only. Yes. So that, that, I think that's how it's kind of taken over my, my family life.
0: Yeah. Mm. I love that. I think that it is such a dichotomy between like hot mess and holy that we're struggling as people who are sharing our life on the internet to find. And I'm like, we were talking about, like, I'm not going to fake it in front of my kids, but I am going to, but I can choose, I can choose Christ in me, you know, and right like i and i i don't even when i think of those moments like i have a 4 year old and she's a tiny version of me and that is hard like that's really hard because i yeah. am i am mouthy and i am you know all of these things that i'm seeing mirrored back at me and mm-hmm. i do i want i anger is my primary emotion as well and i sometimes <laughs> i want to rage but mm-hmm. i in those moments i thinking about it like I've realized that it's not even faking it it's making a choice it's Mm -hmm. making a choice to not extend my rage to her that she doesn't have to experience that that I can exactly like you said get on the floor and be like you are frustrating me sweet girl can Mm -hmm. we make a better choice here Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: that that is that is grace and that is like it also like links in gratitude, like I am yeah. thankful that I have Christ and the Holy Spirit in me to choose that right over just letting everything fly off the handle,
1: yeah, yeah, but and I think the measure of like worship needs to match the measure of this of sin almost, so like when I get mad and I raise my voice a lot, I'm not gonna i mean try to think of how I want to say this, I don't think God wants to like take away things that he put in me. He designed me a certain way. So sometimes I get loud. But last night my heard my kids heard me getting loud. You know, they were talking a lot during dinner. They were doing the wrestling thing and there was things, you know, spilled or people not listening, whatever. And I was like, you guys I'm gonna give you a few minutes to get it together. I'm very frustrated. I did my my usual like mom voice, it was elevated. And then after they ate, I sent them upstairs to read for a little bit and I put on some music, worship music, and I was belting it out like as loudly as I could. And when I got upstairs to tuck them in for bed, they were like, hey, we really liked hearing you sing downstairs. Aww. And it hit me like I want them to hear me be loud. Like when yes. I'm loud because I'm angry, I'm not violent. I'm not a threat. This is the way that God made me. But also you're going to hear me get loud about all the things that God has done for me, too. Yes. So I want those things to match. I mean, I used to pray that God would make me quiet and meek and patient. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, maybe that just looks different in the way that he made me. And that's okay. Yes. That
0: I can have... A peaceful heart, and still rock the boat for the kingdom right, exactly, you know and and I, I mean, I feel the same exact way, the struggle of always feeling like you're too much and too loud and too opinionated, and how much God has taught me that like i'm I am still an expression of christ, I'm just a different expression of Christ than my quiet, peaceful don't rock the boat friends and that's both, good yeah. yeah like both are expressions of christ they're just different and like we can't all be the same and right that we talked earlier like a little bit earlier about like that hot mess versus you know that that's st- that junk died on the cross right that that stuff is so hard to find it do you find it hard to find a balance between the two of like share sharing wise like of your like, I want to be vulnerable. I want to be real. I want you to know you're not alone in your stuff, but also yeah. I'm not identified by it, I guess, is really... Yeah,
1: I I do feel the tension. I think it's a holy tension, and I think it will always be there for anyone who follows Jesus and feels led to be opinionated or a leader or whatever on the internet. So I have a lot of boundaries that I've built in over the years. For example, I don't share photos of my kids unless they give me permission. Mm -hmm. I never share any stories that shame a single person in my life or in my family. Mm -hmm. So if there's a funny story about somebody who did something horrible, two of my kids got into a fist fight, the older ones actually, which was comical once it it was over. (laughs) But in the moment, they almost knocked down the Christmas tree and my husband had to break it up. And it was just one of those funny things where they were like, of course that's funny. And you want to tell people I'm not going to like post a photo of them and say which ones did it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, So I have those boundaries. And when it comes to sharing my emotions I would say two things. One is I never share anything that might cause someone else to stumble. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a really dark place and I know that my words have power and I start talking about how dark I feel, there will be a temptation for women who see that to be like, oh, girl, me too. I'm feeling dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say never, I never share anything that, that will cause them to stumble. I will have to have Like a, a, I mean, I believe in the the Bible verse that says you always have to have an answer for the hope that you have in Jesus. So that will always follow whatever hard thing I'm sharing. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the other thing that I try to stick by is to not share things while I'm still 100% in process. Like, I I mean, I can be going through something. I've been through a lot of depressive seasons. I'm not going to not share about that for five months or however long it takes. But when I'm in like the dark, dark place, like can't get out of my bed, let's give it 24 to 48 hours when we can see the sunlight again and maybe run it by my husband or my best friends or whoever that had walked through that with me before I start talking about it online.
0: Yes. I think that is so wise because it's really easy to jump to social media to like step into that stuff with you. And like, sometimes it's just not necessary. Like sometimes you do need to like let your husband and let your people into it and then, like, come back to Instagram with it a little more, like, well-processed so that you can yes. offer hope and kind of tie tie it into the first thing you said of, like, yes, this is hard. Yes, I'm in a dark
1: place, but
0: Jesus kind of right. thing, you know?
1: Right. Um, Otherwise, we just sound like the rest of the world. And then, like, what would ever be the reason to give your heart to Jesus and to try – like trusting God's family to take care of you. Like why yes. would anybody do that if all they saw was the hard stuff we go through and not the the hope, you know? Right. And that it like, exactly. like You said that it sounds like everybody
0: else on Instagram right? versus right. if you're like, okay, like my marriage is really had, we're coming out of a season of my marriage really struggling, but look at what Jesus did. And right. even when it was hard and I felt like there wasn't hope, look what Jesus did. And you have right. to be different in the way that you share the junk. And we've talked about your family a lot because your family is huge and wonderful, and (laughs) I know that y'all really take the charge to open your home and host really seriously. Uh, Thank you, Instagram, for letting me know everything about Rachel before I interviewed her. Um, (laughs) Not everything. That's a that's a that's a reach, but most um, of it, I would say. What has your family's journey to kind of like flinging open the doors? been like and that that impact on your family and your ministry.
1: Yeah, again with the aggressive language, but for me that was an act of warfare because I spent the first 5 to 6 years of my marriage protecting my home, never letting anyone in. I did that weird thing where you have babies and you need support and community more than any other season in your life. I would almost argue maybe when I get like really old and everybody's died, I might need a, a really <laughs> strong support system, but The elderly and new moms I think really need support and that was when I chose to not serve at church. Oh, we're in a hard season, it's really busy and not share in small group or get involved in a life group or community or anything within my church and not let friends know that I was feeling very, very dark and I withdrew and I paid dearly for that and my family paid dearly for that. And so when we got a fresh start at a new church a few years ago, we didn't know how long we would be there. The exact words that we felt like God gave us, which was hilarious because it was almost identical to what one of the pastors at the church said, but like this can be a soft place for you to land while you figure out where God wants you to go next. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that it wasn't guaranteed that it wasn't going to be like the church for forever, or it might be, we decided that either way we were going to just dive in. And so I did, I spent six Months worshiping, attending, touring the different environments. But once I had been there for a few months, I did commit to serving. I picked one place and I dove in. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I started opening our homes every week to the music team and serving them pasta. Uh, We called it pasta with people. Mm -hmm. And we joined a small group that met in someone else's home, but it was the same kind of vibe where we were going to be there. We committed to it. We prioritized it. We built the rest of our family calendar around those things. And for me, It was sort of like when you take a Sabbath for those who might not be following Jesus and listening to your podcast, the idea that God commands us to take one day off a week to acknowledge that he is the source of all of our sustenance and all of our provision and control. We're like giving up control by taking a day off. We're giving up the idea that we can provide for ourselves. And when we rest in that place, it gives us enough like oomph and juice to keep going for the rest of the week. I did that with hosting. So I was saying like I my house is not ready. I am an introvert, a like a painful introvert. I know how to turn it on. You know, I grew up doing musical theater and I was a cheerleader. Like I know how to do the whole like socialize and perform in front of people, but my best life now is like just me and maybe one or two other people flat on my back with Netflix on. Like not hosting. Like people will come over and I'll forget to get them a glass of water. I'm still <laughs> learning all of those things. I'm literally still learning but we knew that like God wanted us to take a stance and say Like You're welcome in our home, people, because we want you to be in our lives. We want you to be in our business. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends uh, said recently, uh, whenever we see marriages that are struggling in the Christian community, especially when you get like mega famous and people are all up in your business, uh, one of my friends has always said, like, I want to have at least one or two friends that will throw the couch in front of my door, which means like no one's leaving this room until we work this out, like Mm. a third person or another couple or something like that. And I'm going to argue, there might be data to, to not support what I'm saying, but I'm going to argue that you cannot get that by coming to church on Sunday morning and singing some songs and standing next to someone that you like a lot.
0: No, absolutely.
1: I'm, I'm going to argue that you can only get that kind of community when you physically enter into someone else's space or have them inside of yours. And that means like they see where you put your shoes, they watch how you talk to your kids. They see how you, what salad dressing you pick for pasta with people night. I mean, like all that stuff just felt like that was important so that one night if I do wake up and I find out my husband's struggling with something super dark and sinister or vice versa, that we know like speed dial this couple mm-hmm. will be here. And it, and it happened. I was in a really dark place about a year after we started at that church and withdrawing from people again. I I, mean, I, I kind of go in waves. God helps me get through hard seasons and I survive. I'm a nurse. I'm a mom. I, my adrenaline goes. I get everybody through it. And then like three or four months after we go through something hard, my, my body crashes mm-hmm. and I stay in bed for too long. I forget to brush my teeth. I mean, it's a whole thing. And when my husband saw it happening, he immediately reached out to some friends of ours. And that night at 11 o'clock, they showed up at our house and they're like, we're not leaving we're coming in we're praying we're gonna pray over your bedroom we're gonna pray over your living room we'll pray over your kids like whatever you need us to do and I would never have had that experience had I not basically put my guard down and just said all right God I'm gonna open my home and my life to people even though neither of them are tidy like nothing I'm doing is tidy it's not ready it's not remodeled (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah and it's just been that that has made all the difference to my relationships with other believers and my relationship with Jesus Well, and I love
0: that it's not one or the other. It's not like we're doing this because it serves others well or we're doing it because it like literally feeds life into me. It's both. And that's why God created us for community was that it touches everything and it's – like this beautiful cycle of I'm gonna open my home and I'm gonna serve you and give you a place to land and make you feel welcome and then when like when it hits the fan, right? You know that those people are gonna show up too, exactly. And that exactly. and like community is hard <laughs> and uh, it actually doesn't come very naturally for me. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's that whole like self sufficiency thing, and mm-hmm. I can. I can go. I can go days without really talking to anybody other than my husband, but not mm-hmm. well, like not healthily. I can, but then I'll I'll get four or five days into a week and be like, I I need to like check on. I need to check on my people. I need to like be a good friend, and yeah, that God uses that in that cycle of like I I you know remember to function in community, check on my people, and then they in turn do the same or they in turn when things get hard show up throw the couch in front of the door
1: yeah and in every other area of our lives if we see something we're not good at that's just something that we would work on like if you're struggling in math class you're just going to do extra math problems but for some reason when it comes to personality traits or lifestyle habits and things like that you know we look at other people and we're like man I really wish my marriage was healthy or man I really wish that I exercised more but like it actually involves doing it Mm -hmm. and similarly to that saying like I wish I was better at community or even my my most favorite or least favorite depending on how you look at it is when people say they're bad with names Mm. I read in a book recently like there's no one who's bad with names it's just people who don't try wow yeah And so that really convicted me because I am not great with names and so I was thinking Oh, I can get better with names. Right. It goes like this. Hey, I might forget your name later. Can you repeat it one more time? Okay, I'm going to remember that. And you were in a blue shirt. I'm going to write this down, actually. You know, whatever it takes. Right. It's the same with hosting. It's the same with being a good friend. If you have to set a reminder that says check in on my Friend blank on Thursday because she's been having a hard week. Like that's it's okay that that's not natural. Like like I say about motherhood, the only thing that's natural is the baby somehow gets out of our bodies. But everything else we have to learn, (laughs) you know. And so I mean, I I wish that we would give ourselves a little more grace and just say like, well, that's not something I'm naturally good at, or I don't even like to do. So I'm gonna work on it, just like I would if I wanted to lose a little bit of weight or read more books.
0: Yes, exactly. And I am like totally showing my hand, but like I have alerts set in my phone to check on my friends because it's the only way that
1: that I'm a good friend. (laughs) Like, I I have a Actually, I have a soft spot in my heart for eights. Like, some of my favorite people are eights on the Enneagram, and all of them have reminders in their phones to check on their friends.
0: Yeah, because I want to be good at it. (laughs) Like, I I do. I just naturally – Am not. And so I have alerts in my phone to check on my friends. I have alerts in my phone to pray for my friends. I have alerts in my phone to like text my husband that I love him. Like because that. you get on like the t- track of doing things and you forget to love people well. Yes. And I love my friends in my life that are naturally good at this and it's exactly like you're saying I look at them and I'm like how how are you like I know you don't have alerts in your phone like you just naturally think of me and check on me and instead of being like god I wish I could do that I'm like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna my phone's gonna remind me but I'm gonna do it you know and that is so good and exactly it is exactly what you're saying of like look like If I wanted to be better, like, okay, so I just recently started learning how to knit. I'm real bad at it, but (laughs) I'm watching YouTube videos and I'm practicing Uh and I'm learning. And community and friendship is no different than knitting. You're right. (laughs) Except, you're right, abundantly more important. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Agree. Um, Another one of the things that I've seen you talk about a lot is like grace versus striving which has kind mm-hmm. of been like threaded through our conversation a little bit that like resting in gratitude versus chasing more that like mm-hmm. gratitude begets rest and ruts begets rest begets gratitude. And if we're functioning in that cycle, then like hustling kind of has a harder time weaseling its way in. And yeah. as a three and as an eight hustling comes very naturally to us. Mm-hmm. And so like just what are kind of some of the ways that God is teaching you about like or has taught you about like rest and the importance of that versus striving for more?
1: Yeah. Um gosh, that's really hard and a little bit convicting slash frustrating because I feel like I'm really good at rest. Only because I actually know that I'm bad at it, and I have figured out a way to make it look tidy, like I've worked on it, <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> all over the years. So, really, I would tell you at my worst that, oh gosh, I'm going to say this under the microphone that I think rest means that I'm weak, and mm-hmm. I think rest, I, I don't feel like I'm behind
0: no. if I rest. I
1: don't ever. F- feel like that. I feel like I'm giving into something yes. and that I'm weak and that somebody can no longer depend on me. Mm-hmm. And I, now I know that uh, not only is that selfish and sinful and prideful, but it's actually doing harm to my body. Mm -hmm. So as a nurse, I don't know if we can have potty talk on your podcast, but as a nurse, I would notice (laughs) I started out on a 12 hour shift on a hospital unit. And there would be days I could go like 10 hours without peeing yeah, or like eight hours without eating. And I never once thought like, you know what? 15, 20, 30 years from now, like this is going to be bad for me. I was like, Hey, I'm tough. I'm a good nurse. Yes. Yes. And so now I'm, I'm learning how to really receive the conviction from the Holy Spirit that like, you know, the concept of rest versus striving in your heart. You have allowed me to point it out to you. You have been delivered from a lot of this. I've done a lot of healing in your heart, but you're still choosing Mm. to operate out of the flesh on a regular basis. And now it's time for you to grow up. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) when I say disciplined, it sounds so backwards, but I really feel like the Lord wants me to, to be more disciplined, even though I already am in every other area about the resting. Yes,
0: well, it's so. like the same. Like if I'm going to be disciplined and set reminders to be a better friend, like if I'm not yeah. naturally good at rest, then yeah, like I'm going to, to learn to, it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You have like yeah. people that rest does not come naturally to, which I know is not the entirety of like my listening base, but like you. We've talked about this a lot. Actually, like my third episode was with a internal medicine doctor who specializes in the spiritual and like physiological physiological need for rest. Cool. Um, and one of the things that she talked about that kind of you were just hinting at was how, um, like when in Exodus, when the Israelites were wandering, and they were you know, complaining and griping and all of these things that one of the things that God handed down was like, I have rest. Literally the verse says like, I have rest for you and you will have none of it. That Like God has rest for us, no matter how aggressive or hustler personal personality type you have. He like, he did it. He commanded it. He has it for us. And if we don't take it, then we like don't pee for twelve hours, or like, right. like literally yesterday. I mean, i talked about like I crashed yesterday because I was so stressed. I didn't eat from like eight to like six. Yeah, that's not healthy. That's not taking care yeah. of myself. That's not functioning, in that's not functioning in who God says I am. It's functioning in what I can do. I can do so much that I don't even need to take a minute to eat, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Gosh, that's so hard. It is. It's so hard and it's so hard to learn. I think we're going to always be in process in it. And I think even the people that don't necessarily think they struggle with rest, like most of my friends are nines. I think eights tend to just like attract nines into their life because they need peace. But they would listen to this kind of conversation and not feel like they'd struggle with rest. But when I've had really cool conversations with my friends that are nines. Their, their realization is, is that they're really good at sitting still. Yeah. They're not like functioning in like true rest, like the kind of Sabbath rest that God has for them. So right, it's, right. it affects everybody.
1: <laughs> it, it does. And I think it's just that temptation that you're going to be behind or whatever your lie is. you know, you're going to be behind or you're going to be weak or you're no longer going to be relevant. You're not going to be dependable. I don't feel I've never really had the desire to be like best or at the top. And I always tell people like I, I function like a perfectionist with this internal drive to like constantly stay busy and be successful, but I've actually never been the best at anything. Mm. I've been cut from sports teams and I've never made sure it is ever in my life. And so those types of things, I don't, I don't think it's the perfectionism. I think it's just like, Somebody might need you, and you need to bring value, and you want people to like you, and people only like you if they can depend on you, and if you're lying flat on your back in the middle of the day, that looks weak. That doesn't look dependable, and I just, like, twisted it. A lot of it's family of origin stuff, too. Growing up underneath a military, my dad was a military kid. He was a football coach, and everything was about, like, making yourself better than the day before. It was very, very helpful for me as a child, but then I, you know, I can take it too far when it comes to my yeah. day-to-day lifestyle. So, yeah, the, the rest thing has been a battle, an ongoing battle for me. Now I am, I, I subscribe to Vogue magazine. Yes. And one of my goals for 2019 is to, and I wrote it down in my little power sheet, is to read the entire magazine the week that it arrives. Oh, that's a good and it, one. And the, and the goal would be to read it in one sitting. So instead of just like carrying it around the house and looking at it off and on for a month or two months or however long it takes. The week that it comes, give myself a two hour block or something during that week to read it. Things like that that feel like Aggressive, again, feel like defiant where I'm in school full time. I'm currently working full time. There is always time for me to write another paper or check my grades or, you know, get ready for the work day tomorrow. And instead, like to sit down on a couch and read the magazine, that feels very like scandalous. <laughs> yeah, but it's
0: so good. And you have to yeah. figure out like what fills you up if it's. Yeah like sitting down and reading a magazine i'm reading uh small fry which is um yes steve jobs daughter's book and like it's not some kind of like you know personal growth book it's not a devotional it's a story of a girl's life and it's so good and it's so life giving, and it makes me feel rested (laughs) yeah you just have to like figure out what works for you like if what works for you is digging into the word then like heck yeah do that you know if it's reading votes, then do that um so end of the interview we do rapid fire questions which we've already taught the first one is usually what number are you on the enneagram um and we've talked about that you, you're pretty sure you're a
1: three. Is that what you said? So I thought when I took the test, I tested really high for one and three. I'm definitely a wing two. But over the last year, I've spent some time actually listening to podcasts, reading about it. They, You know, they say reading the profiles and what feels best to you is probably a good indicator of what you are rather than, you know, just taking a test. Yes. So I function an awful lot like a one. Um, the difference is. I I hate conflict. I do not like to be the, the person in charge and I have never in my life told anybody that they're wrong. Uh-huh. I've yeah. just been like, "Well, this is what works for me." And right. I I hate I mean the idea of like having to say there's only one right way to do something makes me like queasy in my stomach. And I'm like, "What if there's not? What if there's 10 right ways and I'm missing nine of them and I need to learn more?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, I just I love learning. I love uh, trying to know a little bit about a lot of things and I am very high achieving uh, as far as my my goals and all oh, that's kind of new because when I got into college I went to three or four gosh I've lost count however many colleges I tried didn't love them took a semester off a admissions trip was kind of like a free spirit and then landed in nursing just because I heard that it was decent money for a two year degree, mm. and that I could travel anywhere I wanted to. And I was just kind of like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll do that. And I didn't even fall in love with the idea of like climbing a ladder or going back to school or anything like that until my late 20s. So I'm still kind of figuring that all out. But I mean, I do, I have like dreams of running, like being a COO, like number mm. two at a company someday, and like helping turn it around, making the, the culture healthier, like a nonprofit doctors office or a hospital that's struggling and i love i love those types of things but i don't i i feel pretty certain i'm not a one okay. but I definitely have the wing two and okay. the nasty part of it is the uh serving others so that someday i can cash uh, in if i need it that's yes. the gross part yeah yeah yep, but yep. the the, the help, helpful part is i really do have so much empathy for folks yes. i mean i i can listen to any political argument and be like man i totally see your side but yeah I want I want to serve people and I, I enjoy entering into other people's stories and lives and pain or happiness or whatever.
0: Yeah, I love that. I know I mistyped as a three when I first took the test um, and like with very like minimal Enneagram knowledge was just like, okay, like I'm a three. And then the more I read yeah. about it, I was like, I don't resonate with really any of this because I don't care what people think about me. I'm not really worried about like climbing a ladder or achieving and then yeah. I actually like read the have you read the road back to you
1: no I've listened to all her podcasts yes I think I'll have to read it next
0: yes it's a really good way to like really truly figure out what your type is but uh, they have yeah. a list at the beginning of each chapter of what it's like to be a yeah and, and yes, I have
1: seen that
0: yeah and I read off the eight to my husband and <laughs> he's so sweet I didn't really tell him what I was reading he was like oh did you write that about yourself?" Um, like, well I think I'm an eight so uh, yeah when
1: they when they show you those like those mistype lists they're so helpful because one of them I guess it's the one it says like you have an inner critic and I I wake up every day thinking I can change the world yeah like that's, I'm like Pollyanna. I'm like, if everyone just work together, we could change the
0: world. That's very three of you. <laughs> uh, no, one that.
1: no one in my head has ever told me that I'm not worthy of love. Like, are you no. kidding? We're out here making the world a better place. Yes. I love it.
0: So you're like, uh, no, I don't resonate with that at all. Um, the second one is what can always pull you out of a funk?
1: Definitely exercise. Mm. I don't like to go to the gym by myself. I have recently joined a hot yoga studio, and that is super life-giving to me. I, I grew up dancing, so anything where I move my body that's not like, you know, do 50 push-ups, like CrossFit, right. no, you can have it and keep it. I would never <laughs> do that. Um, so I would say yoga has been really cool. A dance party, a really good uh, playlist. I pride myself on my playlist. I think I make great ones. Yes. So music, you know, that kind of thing. I, and then being by myself, if yes. I really need a, a reset, I'll tell my husband and he'll give me like three or four hours. That, like, for example, this past weekend, we were supposed to have family time all day after church. And I had had a very difficult week. And so most moms would naturally want to spend the whole day with their kids. But I was like, I actually need time by myself before I can engage the kids and really enjoy them. And he was like, get out of here. So I went to, I have one shopping center that I love where there's like three different shops. I just walk through all of them. Don't buy much, just kind of wander. grab coffee, And then I came home feeling like I'm so ready to be with my kids now. And we had an amazing evening together and that, made all the difference in the world I
0: love that um the last one is what is the last thing that you watched on tv
1: well I'm I feel embarrassed to say it out loud because I thought it was a naughty show and then when we discovered it we fell in love with it Jane the Virgin oh yeah I have like I have friends who like, like love that oh my gosh I didn't know anything about it I just saw Virgin and was like oh there's probably a lot of sex in that thing <laughs> and there's like but, none I mean, there isn't spoiler alert. She actually does wait till she's married. Like that's just really so cool. Um, yeah. But it's a really cute show, and I guess because it was like on live primetime type stuff, it's pretty pretty wholesome. I mean, there's like it's a soap opera, so there's plenty right. drama. But we binged it. I was so embarrassed. We watched. I mean, those episodes are forty five minutes long, and we probably watched two or three episodes a night for like three I weeks love straight. It. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gotta get it in, you know? It's... Oh man, we were playing catch up. I love it. We do that when we find something. It's like yeah. it's go time. It's time to like What are you dance. into right now? We um just finished the third season of um Leah Remney's Scientology show. Oh, okay. Um we are like super into that stuff. <laughs> which sounds yeah. so weird but uh we forgot that the third season was coming on which was really convenient because then we got to binge it we got to watch the whole yes. third season because we've watched it when it came on live the first two seasons and then this last season we just forgot and so oh, i bet it's
1: fascinating
0: it is incredibly fascinating and sad and yeah. infuriating but it's so good um, so can you tell everyone where to kind of find and follow you to keep up with your, your gratefulness? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So we love to use the hashtag #GetAfterGrateful, after grateful. So you could hang out on that hashtag and I am Rach Kincaid. On all the social media's, Twitter was my first love. Well, if MySpace doesn't count and LiveJournal doesn't count, because <laughs> I had a LiveJournal. <laughs> yes. So if those things don't count, then I'd say Twitter is my first love. That's where I felt like my most me, and, mm-hmm. and like with the least amount of pressure to like produce content. But I'm most present on Instagram. I would say, and I do keep a blog, hkk Okay. So I write on that every couple of months, uh, just to kind of keep some writing skills up and be able to express myself. If I can't fit it into an Instagram caption, yes, you know how that goes.
0: Yes, I do. I love that. We'll, we'll definitely link to all of that in your show notes so people can find you. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for spending the time to talk about your life and your family and the, the ways that God is shaping you and molding you. Such a good conversation. Um, I'm so thankful for your
1: time. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week.
1: Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.